When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strong. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, Waffle Party Enthusiast, Ryan Nelson. Justin, I will never feel comfortable in my office elevator ever again <laughs> tell me about it oh, I, i'm glad we don't have an elevator in our school because i probably wouldn't either so uh, if you've been listening to the podcast since we started a few months ago thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day if you're new to the show we hope you enjoy it as we talk about severance the apple tv plus suspense thriller and if you are new or a regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, 5 10 or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating, and if you have time, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on air next time we record. Both of those go a long way in getting the show in the ears of new listeners. All right, we are talking about Severance. One of the more interesting shows I have seen in, in quite some time. Uh, what do you expect when you're watching this? Because I'll talk about mine in just a second. Did I don't know what I was expecting. I, I knew that it was like an office, uh, mm-hmm. like comedy drama, right? But I didn't realize how far towards the lost slash Westworld yeah. uh, way it was going to go. And let me just state this is much easier to keep up with and understand than Westworld, especially. Yes. And I would say lost, yeah. both of them. Uh, did you l- listen to the Prestige podcast when they did their? Uh, they, they released a a severance season finale on. I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I listened to it too, and they talked about this as well. And I'll mention this as as well. One of the things that they mentioned is in with Westworld, Reddit was figuring out their their what they were doing in season one, and they didn't like it in Westworld, and that's the reason why season two became really convoluted. And season three kind of got back on track, but they got kind of got pissed off at the fact that that Reddit was figuring this stuff out. And it apparently Ben Stiller and the showrunners for this, they don't mind if people are figuring it out, that they're okay with that. And so I think they will have a better second season. But um, when I first was introduced to the show, uh, this was when I was uh, recovering from COVID back in January. I was watching a lot of TV because I had nothing to do except just sit there and be miserable. So I was watching a lot of TV and one of the, I watched a few, I watched a few Apple TV plus shows. The one main one that I was watching at the time was for all mankind. And so whenever I would turn on for all mankind, a lot of the, the commercial that would precede it was always this or some other one. I can't remember. Maybe the after party may have been in there as well, but um the I would see this this pre this ad for this show and I was like, oh, that looks kind of interesting because it looked like they were putting forward the premise that they have these workers, they have their their personal and work memories separated from each other, but it doesn't really look like it's anything. I mean, it, it looks like it's just going to be kind of like an office drama. I mean, it didn't look like it was going to be. Because I, I kept reading when I was reading about it going into it, it kept talking about a thriller. I was like, how is this a thriller? We're, we're in an office. I mean, I don't yeah. understand this. But well, spe- you- especially ahead. when you see Adam Scott, Zach Cherry, uh-huh. John Turturro, and, and, and uh, Walken, you're like, oh, this is going to be funny. Right. And they have some moments. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it does. But yeah, you think it's going to be funny. And, and that is not what the show is at all. I mean, this is a... Com- when you start watching it and you see what happens with Helly when she is first introduced and how 
viscerally upset she is in this situation that she's been thrust into, you realize, okay, this is going to be something a lot different than what I thought it was going to be. This per- personally for me, that was the case. I don't know what I, I agree. Really- yeah. That, that was that, that was in the first episode, right? Yeah. Because I mean, like it's, it opens with that first, ep- those first two episodes, they kind of play with time a little bit. The very first thing it opens with is her on the table and yeah. you hear, you hear Adam Scott's voice coming through that, that intercom thing. And they, they go back and kind of explain and kind of piece that together about how it actually give it more from his perspective but that was that's the opening scene i uh you watched this starting basically at the after episode eight right uh yes yes so i binged it it was uh uh, i will say i don't always recommend a binge this is a very fun binge yeah it it probably was it could have been i ended up watching this uh from week to week I, i started watching it when it first came out and i was watching it from week to week i did try to go back and watch as much of it as I could this week, I got through the first five episodes and it was a fun watch trying to watch as many as I could uh, this week. Oh, I was going to say, this is a show kind of like Yellow Jackets and Station Eleven. We mentioned this too. This will be a fun one to watch again because you will pick up on some stuff mm-hmm. that you're you like, oh man, I bet they were, you know, it was right there for us and we, we didn't see it. Yeah, you, you absolutely 100% pick up on a lot of stuff. I mean, there is no doubt about it. It was just some of the things that, I picked up on watching as much as I did for a second time. Like I said, I didn't get a chance to uh, finish the entire first season, but I watched quite a bit of it. Uh, like I said, just a really interesting show. Uh, this could have been a week-to-week show if we had wanted to do it that way, but we're still kind of not sure exactly how many people have Apple TV+. And this was a slow build. I mean, yeah. there was not as much chatter about the show when it first started, when it came out, there was people, there were, there were people who are, you know, TV people. I mean, like they were, they took notice of it. Uh, it got really good reviews. I think it's like 96 or 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, if I'm not mistaken, but there was people taking notice, but it, as it probably got to around like episode four or so, that's kind of when it picked up right. I guess probably already about the time when, right after uh, Heli tried to, get, to commit suicide. Uh, that's I think when most people start saying, Oh, we're really, this is a show that we need to watch and it, it just, it's a slow burn and it just adds a little bit of weird creepiness each and every episode. Yeah, it really does. And I noticed, uh, so when the finale came out, it, it just got such rave reviews and, mm-hmm. and just the, everybody's like, Oh my God, I need to see more. I noticed that on Friday, Saturday, uh, a lot of the sports media and people mm-hmm. I follow were, were starting to watch it. Because, like, you know, sport, well, besides the Masters, right, I guess yeah. open today, but like college sports are over. Besides, well, they are over. Let's not talk about college <laughs> baseball. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that. Uh, so, you know, college sports are over. Right. So people were watching. Uh, I noticed a lot of people were watching this, and I saw a lot of people are like, okay, I'm on the severance train, but you, you make a good point. My wife and I talked about this. So the first two episodes were around an hour. Yeah, they are. And then they start getting around 40 minutes. And mm-hmm. after that, each episode, you realize the first two dragged on a little bit more than you realize. Yeah, they but do. Also, they every episode since then, especially the last couple, are so action-packed. You're mm-hmm. like sitting on the edge of your seat. Yes. Well, probably like the last, I would say the last four or five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, ben Stiller is the director of this. So if you're if yeah. you're not uh weren't sure who was kind of responsible he's kind of this is kind of his baby now that he didn't direct every episode i think he, the middle episodes were directed by somebody else but this has kind of been his baby and he's kind of uh nurtured this thing along since it got started and he hasn't he's not really known for his directing he's done more but that's not what he's known for and i think this may take him to another level as a director well, I think the, the problem is we don't give him the credit as a director as we should. If you look at his body of work, so he directed Reality Bites. People yeah, forget that. They do. Uh, he directed The Cable Guy. Watch it a second time. If you watch it the first time, you're not going to like it because it's a dark <laughs> comedy. It is. Once you watch it again, you enjoy it. He directed Tropic Thunder, yeah, Zoolander. Uh, Zoolander the, is so great. <laughs> the, Walter Mitty. Uh, oh, I never saw he, that one. Oh, it's really good. That's Is a family it? show. You should watch that. Okay. Uh, and then uh, he he did a Showtime uh, series a couple of years ago called Escape at Demora that Patricia Arquette, 
Bernicio del Toro and Paul Dano are in okay. about this uh, these people that break out of a jail. I think it's in New Jersey, and it was fantastic, and it's on Showtime. So he is a very underrated director. He's just such a known actor, like, right? He was, you know, from the mid '90s to the mid 2000s, he was, you know, one of the top actors out there. Yeah. So we forget, like, like I said, if you look at his IMDb, he's very good director. Yeah, like I said, I mean, the, well, he isn't known for his directing, but he has a much better, a much better career as director than what most people would give him credit for. Um, let's talk about the cast because obviously the cast is what makes this show cook the way that it does. Yeah. Uh, it's a small cast. It's very COVID. 19 typecast because it's pretty small they, they don't you know they don't get real big for the most part until at the very end um but obviously mark he is uh, the, the one thing i wish they would change the, the character's name is mark scout played by adam scott and i always oh, want man. to call it, i always want to call him mark scott uh but uh mark he is basically the lens of the show uh he's played by adam scott he is they tell us early on in this that you know because the very first way that he is introduced he is in his car just sobbing i mean yeah. that's how he's introduced and you really don't understand why at the at that time but they reveal later on the reason why he chose to take this job and to go be severed is because he lost his wife in a car accident and it was a car accident right yeah, it was correct. Yeah. Okay, so in a car accident, and he wants to escape that grief for like eight to nine hours a day. And that's the reason why he is taking this job. Uh, but he is the one who we're kind of experiencing this all through. And there's a reason for it because we can't see it through the other characters because it would reveal too much. Uh, yeah. But honestly, if, what we've once we finally saw some Audis, uh, Mark's Innie and Audi were probably the most similar. Would you uh, agree? I don't, I guess, but they really weren't that similar. They weren't that we, similar, but if you look at the other other ones that we saw. Like, yeah, for sure. Well, I guess you say we don't know much about Dylan. No, we don't. We don't know much about him. But you're right. I would say between Mark Irving and Helly, you know, he's the most. But this really, uh, Adam Scott really gets to, to, to show off his acting skills mm. because, like, you know, he's the fun office guy and the leader. Right. You know. And then when he's home, he's an alcoholic, grieving, right. just mm-hmm. mess, and, and kind of mean, especially to his uh, brother-in-law, the, the great Rickon. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about Rickon a little bit later on. So that, uh, but yeah, he um, just, you know, just night and day, the difference. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you're right, though. Uh, compared to the others he's the most similar but he really is he's not similar different yeah he still is a lot different that's one of the interesting things about the show because like when i was like i said when i was watching the previews and the ads and things for the show on apple tv plus they weren't really putting forth this idea that separate people are being created when they do this that's basically what ends up happening when you completely cut off their memories from their work self to their uh to their at home self you basically have two different people you have a person that is one person when they are at work and you have another person that is completely different when they are away from work and you would think they would be the same but not necessarily and that's what this show is putting forth look i don't know if that would be the case if if this were to be a real thing that would ever take place i don't know if we'd be exactly the same or what but it's an interesting theory that they put forth that you basically develop a second person when you do this and it raises all these types of questions like so when the audi quits is that person is the any dead because they don't ever get to come back uh they talked about that with bert g uh bert goodman yeah. played by christopher walken you know when, when he retires uh so they you know they talk about him and that's just when Irving gets so upset we're like we're killing him uh so there's all these weird questions and stuff that you have to kind of ask yourself and moral questions that i never even thought they would be tackling but they're tackling them in 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 this show they really do and they they do a fantastic job tackling it as well uh second character is heli who is played by brit lower i know she's been other stuff i have never seen her anything else are you familiar with her before you came in i was not because i looked at i had seen her and stuff but i she did she was not memorable like now she's memorable if i see her in something again you know, I will recognize her because, man, what a just outstanding performance and just a breakthrough for her. Yeah, because she, from the moment she steps foot on screen, she despises being 
a severed worker for Lumen. She absolutely hates it. Now, in episode two, they put forward the idea that uh, her Audi, because the only time we see her Audi before the season finale is that moment in season two when she goes out of the door and she's talking with Milchik. That's the only time we see her Audi before then. And they tell us in kind of those meetings, I guess technically also when they were like showing her actually getting severed, we, we saw her Audi there too. Uh, but in those moments in those scenes, they are talking about, they're putting forth the idea that she is somebody special. Did you take, were you thinking she was an Egan or just somebody important to the company? Or did you, did you see this, the bigger reveal coming? I, I did not. And I guess, I didn't do a good enough job of just thinking about that. Also, that's the problem with binging. You don't have the uh, the time to like, the time to really it. think about. So I, I did not, I, and I really didn't do any research or anything. Again, mm. you know, I'm watching like three a night, then you know, the next night watching three more. Right. So I really didn't have the time to research. Uh, but no, I, I I did not see that coming. Yeah, I listened. Uh, no, no, I listened. I thought she was either going to be, I thought she'd like be a board member. I didn't think she'd be an Egan. I, I didn't think they would go as far to make her an actual Egan as one of the, uh, you know, an heir to the company or whatever it is. I didn't think they would go that far with, with her character, but I thought she would like, like be a board member or something like that. I knew they were putting forward the idea that she was important. I didn't realize that they were going to go that far with her character. So I did not see that coming at the end of the season that they would reveal her to be an actual Egan. Uh, next is Dylan, who is played by Zach Cherry, who I absolutely love. He, he look, he yeah. doesn't have a ton of big roles. He's got a ton of small roles that he always kind of plays this comedic relief. Uh, one of his my favorite roles of his is he is the the play by play guy on the bus in Shang Chi. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He, he that's one of my favorite roles. I love the character of Dylan. I mean, Dylan and he, and he has a really interesting arc in this in this show because. I don't know. It's when he first starts, he seems to be kind of a company guy because he, he's all about the finger traps. Right. I mean, he is the biggest waffle party. I mean, he is constantly talking about the waffle party. You're like, what oh, is so my. great about a waffle party that this guy loves so much? Who who knew what was coming? I know. We were we were wow. We, we had no idea what was coming with the waffle party. But I mean, he seems like I mean, honestly, he seemed like the the typical office worker, like a guy who wants his job, wants his paycheck in this case. I mean, they don't, which they set up this whole thing because, like, they don't get the perks of a paycheck because right. their Audi gets the paycheck. Uh, so they have that's the reason they give them these finger traps and they do these dance movement or dance experiences and all this type of stuff is because this is how they have to reward them for whatever it is that they're doing because that's the only thing that they can give them because the money means nothing to them obviously uh yeah he he's the the typical and i work in an office so there's always the high producer that doesn't like teamwork yeah and yeah that, that's like, like you said is out for his own awards yeah and, and, and like his own production goals and it doesn't buy into any bs that comes from like the upper ups i mean no no he, no he he has no time for any of it he just wants his perks that's yeah. that's what he wants he wants to get his perks from and whatever means that he talks about it. it's like so I like that. I just love his character and those glasses he wears. Yeah, where he kept time, pulling them down. Yeah. They kept pulling them down. They're like, I'm like, they're always like they're about to fall off of his nose. Yeah. I mean, like he has this weird shaped nose just to begin with. Uh, and so, like I said, I mean, those glasses are so. I was like, all right, put the glasses off or something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I absolutely loved uh, Zach Cherry in this. He was uh, spectacular in his role. Um, all right, Irving John Turturro. The company guy. Let's just go ahead and let's. Yeah. I mean, that's what he was. He was the company guy, which is very interesting when we get to the very end because he is definitely not the company guy on the outside. No, no, he's not. I, I knew that his uh, Audi was going to be something, you know, peculiar. I wasn't right. sure because you know you get John Turturro for this right. role. You, you're going to have something, but yeah, I didn't expect to find out who he was just because, like you said, he was such a company man. He had he had. Uh, like memorize all the creeds and, and everything but you know john tatura doesn't get enough credit he is one of our greatest actors yeah he's really good he, he he doesn't miss no he doesn't i mean he and he is putting forth in this in this show at least for like the first two-thirds of it that 
not only is he the company guy, but he is like one of the ardent devotees of Egan. And like, he is completely bought into this reverential worship of, of Egan that this company has, which is one of the things that they do not answer in the season finale. And we're going to talk about the season finale a lot in more in depth here a little bit later on, but they don't really explain why there's such a reverential attitude towards this Keir Egan guy. Uh, I'll be interested to see how they explain that in future seasons of the show, because like I said, it's just this weird dynamic that they have like, the, cause he's basically like the God of, of Lumen. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's just a, such an odd thing. It's kind of cult. Like, yeah, it really is. And one of the leaders of that cult is our next character, Miss Cobell, who is played by Patricia Arquette, who is wonderful in it. Uh, she yes. was in Medium. Uh, she was in some of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. If I'm True not Romance. Yeah, she's in True Romance. I forgot about that. So uh, if you're wondering where you've seen her, she also is the sister of... Um, David Arquette. Ros- and Rosanna Arquette. And Rosanna Arquette, that's right. So they're, they're all brother and sisters. Uh, just a evil performance yeah. by her. Yeah. i mean she is just ruthless i mean she goes above and beyond of what they they lumen asked them to do pretty awful things to these workers and she goes above and beyond that i mean she is like spying on mark constantly she has inserted herself into his life and into his uh i guess niece it was a niece or nephew that he niece niece okay yeah Uh, so into his niece life by like becoming the the caretaker of his niece i just as miss selvig uh let's not forget what she calls herself in in this role just an absolute horrible 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 person but she's doing a great job of it and this is a role that she's great at she really is she kind of reminds me of a disney villain because oh, like, yeah. she's Ursula. She, she looks like Ursula. Yeah, yeah, and just just the way she she's just so fake, and mm-hmm. you just know she's gonna stab you yes. at, at any moment, and just just over the top. Just what what an incredible performance! Now, one of my favorite characters is Milchik, uh, oh, played yeah. by Trammell. This is like one of the first things he's ever done. He's done some other stuff, but yeah. this is going to be a huge role for him because he's going right. to he's going to get some stuff after this. Uh, Milchik, yeah. played by Trammell Tillman, uh, he's basically the the enforcer is is what he is, and he is. I mean, it's because he can be so scary, but it's kind of like what we were talking about when we were talking about Moon Knight with Rick, uh, Arthur Harrow he can be so calm and inviting and, and just, just pleasant. Let's dance. Yeah. Let's have a dance party. That's right. Who, I mean, who's ready to have some eggs. And he's got some dance moves too. Trust yeah, me. He does, <laughs> Fantastic dance moves. Yeah. Cause I kept seeing that Jeff going around of him dancing and I was like, okay, I'm looking forward to getting to whatever. Episode that is. <laughs> and I was right. It was fantastic. But it yeah. was, but uh, yeah, just an incredible performance by him. Like it I really said, was. He's I mean, a vibe. He is. That's a great way to describe it. He is a vibe, and I, I want more of that vibe to be perfectly. Uh, uh, yeah, give give me all the Trammell Tillman stock you can, and the Brit Lower. I think both of them are going to yeah. really stand out from this. Uh, last person I want to talk about was Christopher Walken, who is the head of O and D Optics and Design. Uh, he's interesting because obviously he and John Turturro's character Irving they develop develop romantic feelings towards each other. But he also seems to be this one that's trying to unify those two departments together because apparently they do you or were you buying into all this stuff about how they hate each other and all this type of stuff uh, in previous iterations? Because I don't think, I think go ahead. I wasn't sure because Dylan sure acted like they hated each other. Yeah. Dylan was like, I mean, he, he bought into this whole idea that, you know, there was this war between them and like people died. I think this is just something Lumen was trying to do to keep them apart. Probably. Uh, but that would be my guess. But yeah. Uh, but like I said, Chris Walken's character, uh, Bert G, he is, yeah. he's trying to like break those walls down. Uh, like I said, I, just, I love Chris Walken. Chris Walken is oh, one of my too. favorites. I mean, anything yeah. that Chris Walken is, I'm there for yeah and he doesn't come on i think to the second episode yeah he doesn't come toward on the, the end mm-hmm. and right. like because i told my wife i was like i thought walking was in this and yeah. she's like no i think you're got him confused with Totoro. and then he comes on and what and I, I read an interview with ben stiller because like he said walking knows he's walking yes he, and does. he, know, he knows that you want him to do some walking stuff mm-hmm. and like he delivers several lines especially uh his retirement yeah when he's like Way to go, buddy. 
Yes. I love I know. No I one else can world. deliver it like that. But like like you said, he, he knows who he is. He, he knows you want it. You want the goods from him. Oh, gosh, I love him. And his Saturday Night Live, when he hosted, uh, they are the best. They are they absolutely are the, best. the best. Oh, all right. So let's just talk about the show in general. Okay. Here's the one thing that I found interesting. Because, you know, they have this severed floor. And nobody can remember what they do when they go down there. And so when they come back up, they are complete. They're a clean slate, basically. I don't understand why they have a separate floor because they don't even know what they're doing while they're down there. I mean, they're, they're taking these numbers and they're like, whenever they have an emotional response to a number, they have to like quarantine it or whatever. And like, that's the one of the things that they don't explain when we get to the end of the the season, they explain a lot in this season, but they don't explain that. Why do you have any idea what's going on with this? No. And after watching Lost, we have no clue. Well, no, like, and this is one of the things too. If they do explain that, you lose one of the mysteries. Yeah, you do. And so I, I'll be interested to see how long they keep that going. Yeah, I think they. I bet they keep it going. That maybe at the end of two we find out. But I, I bet you we keep that mystery going. And whatever it is, it's just going to be wild. We just have to pay, brace themselves. Yeah, more. we do. We absolutely have to brace ourselves. What was the weirdest visual that you got in this entire season of Severance? Oh, it's got to be the waffle party. Yeah, it does. It has to be the waffle party. Okay, let's do this. Let me, let's do this. Let's rank our top three. So what is your third weirdest visual? Hmm. I'll see. give you mine. Mine was the okay. baby goats. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I wrote like, down the baby goats. What, what are we doing with the baby goats? Why are, Why do we have baby goats? Why is this one guy who looks a lot like Keir Egan? Uh, <laughs> why is he feeding these baby goats? And what is he preparing them for? Because he keeps telling them they're not ready. They're not ready. So that was that was my number three. Yeah. Uh, I would also, uh, I'll, I'll agree on that one. My number two would be, what happens to Miss Casey? Yeah. That where, would be- where, where, where is she going to? What is that room? Yeah, the, the training room, the training, the training room. I'll be interested to know how that works. I mean, because do we think she's well, okay? Let me let's talk about Miss Casey real quick. Obviously, they reveal at the end of episode, I think seven it was, that Miss Casey was actually Gemma, who is Mark's wife. That obviously she is alive, she's not dead. Did you see that coming? Because that is one thing I did no, not see. I no. did not see that come. In fact, when I saw the picture, I was like, wait that's miss casey isn't it and so i immediately got off the internet like to make sure i was correct on that yeah because like uh, you know the picture was sitting away where it looked like her but i was Mm -hmm. you know i wasn't 100 percent. but uh yeah i did not i did not see that coming and that that was a good revelation for us but yeah i'm i'm curious so did she die and somehow they brought right. her back? Did they I know. fake her death? I mean, there's so many questions about her. And then also she had the interesting, because I watched, uh, I think there were nine episodes, right? Yeah, there's nine. I watched eight and nine again. So in eight, she mentions she's only been awake for 105 hours. Yeah, they only, they only wake her up for uh, certain times. Now, if you go back and watch when Petey is talking to, uh, because we haven't talked about Petey yet. What do you mean? Uh, when PD's talking to Mark at the beginning of the season, he mentions that they found he found a floor that no one ever leaves, that they are always down there. My guess is this yeah, is that be. floor. Uh, she's part of that floor wherever she's coming from. Uh, but you know, when you go back and watch it again, you, you know, you see, I mean, when I was watching it the first time, I, I noticed that there seemed to be something between Mark and Miss Casey, but I just didn't know if there was like some type of an attraction there and they were setting up a love triangle, which they are setting up a love triangle, obviously, but not in the way that yeah. I thought they were setting it right, up. Right, right. But uh, so you see something there, but I wasn't really sure exactly. I didn't, I didn't see them going the way that they went down with her, him basically saying, them revealing that, that's his wife. And like I said, that never, that never yeah. once crossed my mind. And I thought it was funny too, that Dylan would always say, Hey, did she ask about me? Because <laughs> he obviously had a little thing for her. Yeah. And then when she said something, it's like, well, she's not my type anyway. Just <laughs> the way he would play it off that he wasn't interested in her, but right. he was always curious if she asked about him. That was, <laughs> that was always funny. Yeah. So obviously that takes us to our number one, which was the, the weirdest visual was the waffle party. Cause when he, you know, he sat down and 
he has his waffles. Like, okay, he's eating his waffles, and, and then they look the, delicious. They did. They did. Those look some dang good waffles. Yeah. Uh, but he's in there eating his waffles, and he has to put on the, the cure. Making Egan mask. Like, what in the world is going on? And then he gets <laughs> on the bed, and the four tempers come out, and they have they're dressed in this lingerie, and they're doing this weird psychosexual dance. I'm like, what is going on here? I mean. And like they don't finish it, so we really don't know what the purpose of the waffle party is. Because the, uh, we we mentioned earlier, we both listened to the Prestige podcast between with uh, Joanna and uh, Mallory. They were talking about how the whip that is in that picture at the that we see at the very beginning of the season is by the bed, and it, the only thing they could come up with is like the, he actually has to whip. He would like get the whip out, and, like start beating them with the cat of nine tails because that was supposed to represent the nine core principles of of Lumen. And, wow! Like, how well, is this the biggest reward you get? Yeah, and it was uh, it was obviously something because they were looking for Dylan to participate. Yeah, they were. They, they, and uh, yeah, and that was yeah, that was. Uh, I've, I thought I had been to some weird Waffle House in, in <laughs> encounters, but you know, nothing like that, man. Now, if that ever happens at a Waffle House, then while well, that I'm there, I will definitely pull up my camera because that's on something <laughs> to record, at least. Uh, but yeah, so those are just some some weird, interesting. I don't know. Like I said, visuals. All right, let's talk about Rickon a little bit, real quick, because oh, Rickon's Rickon. Rickon's book seems like just revolutionized the way they look at their jobs, the way that they are viewing themselves inside this company. What's interesting about it, though, is because Rickon and his friends all seem like the absolute worst. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes. Like, like yeah. I don't know. Go ahead. What well, they're they're, they're the uh, the elite. Uh, oh, if you gosh, think of yeah. like. Uh, what it was what is like Yale, like Harvard, those type uh, Ivy League schools. The Ivy League, yeah, elitist, uh educational professors types. Like the the biggest trope on those are, are the Rickon type. And Rickon is Michael Chernis, who's in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. He was Captain Phillips, if you've ever watched that with uh, Tom Hanks. He was his, oh, okay. No, I haven't he, seen it he was his second person, but Rickon is hilarious. He was also in a TV show that I absolutely loved on Amazon called The Patriot. Okay. And it was like Coen Brothers-esque. And Rickon was the brother. Uh, he he was Cool Rick, I think was his name. Uh, and just, man, what a great actor. And I think he has a long history in theater. Yeah, I but, think uh, Yeah, and just, uh, like you said, and the way he was presenting his, 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 his book was just horrible it was. I, just, I just love how it became the bible for yeah it did it becomes the, the bible. Yeah. and they have a, he makes a lot of good points when they're reading when he when you're reading that they're right. reading that book he, he it's obvious that his best quality is a writer uh, because i mean there are a lot of things that i think he mentions that are really good points that people that people in general should have about their jobs uh you know he mentions at one point and when they're reading that you know your job needs you not the other way around uh yeah yeah you know those are things that you know we should all think about remember when we're doing our job is that our job needs us just as, as much as we need our job it's it goes both ways uh but he's putting some pretty insightful stuff into this into this book but when you actually interact with him it's like, oh my gosh, he's an a-hole. <laughs> yeah, mean. and the and the stuff he reads from the book on, on his presentation is is not the, not the insightful stuff. It's no, the it's weird not. stuff. It's the weird stuff. Uh-huh. But but you're right. He he was you know just so like pretentious to Mark and always yeah. like uh, judgmental. And, and what's so weird is Mark's sister. It seems like this really down to earth. Like how how did you end up together? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, the way he uh, reacted uh, during during the pregnancy during the birth scene was just hilarious. <laughs> how he was the one at actual pain. He's like, what, what, that was that was an advanced copy. Oh my! Oh my! Oh my! He's like yeah. hyperventilating because the the the, th- the fear of having that book got having been stolen which was just absolutely too much for him to bear during that during his wife's uh childbirth so oh but yeah rickon was he's a he's a fantastic character but like i said he's just awful as well so uh, yeah i mean it's just an interesting little thing they've got going on and the perfect amount of rickon as well yes all right so this entire show i think i think where it really kind of changes is when trammell tillman uh his character milchick 
he invokes the overtime contingency on Dylan. I, yeah. uh, this, this is my opinion. I thought it changed because Dylan, he wasn't, he, Dylan's son was supposed to count to a thousand. Uh, and that was supposed to give Milchick enough time to question him about that card that he took. And he would never know what was going on in his outside life. But once his son busted into that closet or whatever it is that they were in, that's when everything changed because he saw his son and Patricia Arquette's character, Miss Coble, she mentioned this at one point, you know, a finger trap is just a finger trap when you've met your son. Because uh, yeah. there, there is no way at this point that they can give him anything down in the severed floor that will give him any type of feeling of reward or feeling of, you know, I accomplished something because he now knows he has a son and he wants to, he wants to know that son. And like I said, I think that changes everything. And, you know, it's like one of those things where like, were you really thinking this through? How really important is that picture that he took? Is it, so important that you're risking your entire company structure on this i know that was weird and i mean did dylan even know he had it the any the audi dylan no the audi didn't that's the reason why they did the the yeah. uh the overtime they woke him up so that they could ask right. him and like I said, they were trying to get it they were trying to ask him so quickly and get that resolved before he could find out anything about his outside life and it backfires on them that's when this whole thing starts to collapse and like you said, they figure out about the overtime and already the, uh, the main, the core, the, the four people were starting to work together because they were, you know, they were walking to meet with uh, Bert's crew mm-hmm. and starting to, but like you said, after that, they really become a team and, yeah, and like all want to work together to find out what the heck is going on and to find out who they're out is. Yes, they do. And you know, the, 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 the moment where everything kind of breaks is at that, that dance experience, whatever it's called. I can't remember what, what the initials were, uh, but at that dance experience where everybody's having fun. I mean, even Helly's kind of having fun, Yeah. but Milchick is dancing and, and Dylan is having none of it because he knows he has a son and that's when he attacks Milchick and he reveals to the rest of them, they can wake us up. Uh, that's when the whole plan starts to, they start to concoct that plan to try to, uh, wake themselves up on the outside and it was interesting to me that dylan volunteers to stay inside he knows he has a son but he's the one who still volunteers to stay in i thought that was interesting i thought that somebody they would go a different direction with that but i'm glad that they didn't um yeah yeah i'm with you i'm glad they they did that but i think that just showed how much how much he wanted to get back at them i think he also realized how much the others learning something about their outies right what would, would mean yeah, and that takes us into well, we actually do get a little bit of a sense of in episode eight of what Irving's Audi is. We finally kind of see him and he's painting, and the entire thing he's painting is that dark hallway that Miss Casey walks down. So, and when we get into the season finale, so let's go ahead and get there to real quick. This season finale, I hate to say it's the best one I've ever seen, but it's in the conversation. It's definitely in the conversation. Uh, it is incredible. I mean, you know, just 40 minutes of just sit on your edge of your seat. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, you're just going like, what? Exactly. I mean, because what they do so well in this, in this season finale, because once he hit those switches at the end of episode eight, that's, they do such a good job of like cutting you off on these big time cliffhangers in in, in the show. Uh, but they hit those switches and you're like, Oh, what is going to happen next? And they, so obviously you're just waiting for episode nine. Uh, and when episode nine finally starts, you're, you're wanting to know, all right, so are they going to immediately tell some, somebody something? And you know that, you know, in our minds, we're thinking you just go tell somebody, but they're being introduced to a whole new world. So they don't know who they can trust. They don't know who any of these people are that they're around. So that's what makes this whole thing so fascinating is because they've got to now establish who can I trust? Who am I for, to, be, to begin with? Who the heck, who the heck am I? Uh, and that's when we get a couple of big reveals. We learn about Irving, who is basically, I don't know if he has inserted himself. He's inserted himself mainly because he wants to take the company down. We don't know why, but yeah. based off of the maps and all this stuff, all this information is accumulated on Lumen. He's wanting to take the company down. That seems why he has 
has put himself into Sever. But what makes it so interesting is because of what we talked about earlier, he was the company guy. I mean, he had right. a devout loyalty to Egan for so much of the show. And now he's the one on the outside who seems to have had all these plans has been looks like for years trying to uncover and unearth as much as he can about this corporation. It just is this interesting dynamic that I just did not see coming. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what his storyline i wonder if he doesn't have somebody on the training room that he's yeah. trying to find out yeah he and is he like a cia person or something he has a right. military background. He, he got a military background yeah and so uh that was that was very interesting well bert remember you know when he when right. he, uh when he screams at, at to wake Bert to talk to Bert. Will right. Bert know who he is? So that that will be very interesting. Yeah, because I, I can't imagine they would, because yeah. there would be no reason for him to. Uh, then the, you know what's supposed to be the biggest reveal is obviously Helly is an Egan. Her name is Helena Egan. She is the daughter of the current CEO, and this is all a basically a publicity stunt. Is they are trying to legalize this process. And her father says this really creepy thing to her in the bathroom where, you know, they're all going to be children of, of Egan. They're all going to have this chip put into them because basically it seems to be like they're trying to get this chip, not only just in their employees, but everyone on the planet. And like, what are you doing? And why are you doing this? I mean, this. Yeah. Well, he also says something like, uh, then you can join me at my revolving yeah so is he gonna die and get brought back i don't know there's a lot of weird stuff going on with, with that guy with, was really creepy i think i wrote down that actor's name he did a really good job yeah he did just the way he spoke and looked mm -hmm. uh he was he was really creepy i thought i wrote down his name yeah I i've seen him in other stuff i can't remember and i, I had it down to you know, I, was, I, I lost it but uh he, like I said, just the the whole I, I would love to know what was actually going through her head when you realize not only is you know when she realizes that she's an Egan, not only is she a a a company bigwig, but she's like the heir to the company. Like and the All reason right. the reason that she's going through this, I mean, think about the devotion that the Audi has for this. I mean, the the innies that was, was going to chop off her fingers. Uh, and she tried to kill herself. Yeah. And yet she is still not taking herself out of this. I mean, it's like, why is this severance procedure so important to this company that they are willing to risk this woman's life for it? Uh, yeah. So, I, and in the horror in Britt Lower's face when she finds when out she who realizes. she is, mm -hmm. and then she even says something. I think it's right before she speaks. She says, "Please forgive me for what I've done." Yeah, to these mm -hmm. people, like she realizes just how horrible it is and how how these people are being treated. Uh, and then, man, Patricia Arquette stealed the company person after yeah. they fired her. After they fired her, and like she had like just completely sold all. Like she had looked like she had just completely gotten rid of all of her devotion and loyalty to the company. But once she finds out that Mark's Audi, I mean, any is now on the outside, it like just can change her. It's like she recognizes a way for her to get back in. And so she's right. going to take and, full advantage of it. And she even tell, warns uh, Helly, I'm going to hurt Mark. Right. So it's like, wow. Yeah. I mean, she is, she is as sinister of a character as we have seen in quite some time. Uh, so do you think they let uh, her back on? I yeah. What do you, so what do you think happens to Helly and what do you think happens to, uh, to Miss Sobel? Uh, good question. Uh, I think, I or think Coble, they're going Coble, yeah. You're you're mixing Selvig and Coble. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I I think they're going to try to explain this as like her as a joke, but I don't know that it's going to work because the the board lady who's always like the go between. Uh, I can't don't remember her name. Natalie. Natalie. Thank you. She tackles. Yeah. Helly as uh, as she is. Uh, revealing to the entire crowd that what's been going on. At the, so I, I don't think they're going to be able to play that off as a joke, even though I think that's going to be the way that they try to go about it. You know, like, I guess that I was going to get to this in a second. I don't know where they go with season two uh, because obviously Mark has told his sister, uh, the any version of Mark has told his sister of everything about what's going on. 
down below. Uh, that's going to, she's going to probably reveal it to the Audi Mark. Uh, yeah. You know, my guess is he will probably try to stay on and try to change things. Maybe that would be my guess yeah. for him. But like I said, I don't know about what they're going to do with Heli. Uh, I'll be interested to see how, I mean, John Turturro's character, Irving, didn't tell anybody because there was nobody for him to tell. Yeah. He'll just be standing at the door of Burt G's uh home so like i don't know where this goes uh it's it'll be interesting i i, I trust them because they've done such a good job with this first season so i do definitely trust them to to, to accomplish this and they're going to have 10 episodes apparently they asked for a, a 10th episode in the second season because there's a little bit more story they want to tell and they're going to have 10 episodes to do that but i i don't know what direction they're going to take this story in in season two yeah it's i'm i'm with you i don't i don't know where this is going but i can't wait to see yeah, so, like I said, and this, and we haven't even talked about really Mark's big reel because when he gets out, when he, at the end of the season finale, when he when he wakes up, he's at the book reading, and he doesn't really know what's going on. He doesn't understand. Uh, you know, he gets hit with a lot of revelations. I mean, the big one, obviously, that had to be the gut punch was Helly's when she realizes that she is yeah. an Egan. That had to just be absolutely awful for her to 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 learn that that this company that she hates this family that she hates because she hates the company she is one of them so that had to be a terrible thing for her to learn but mark is learning a lot she, he's learning about his sister his niece uh he's learning that the person who wrote the book that they have become devotees to is his brother-in-law uh the, the excitement in his face when he finds out that that's his brother-in-law yeah just- I mean, and like, and Rickon's just like, okay, well, I'm glad you that we're, we're having this discussion, and then like, well, yeah, of course we like each other, but and Rickon was having a hard time processing it as well, like, because yeah. Mark had apparently, you know, Mark was giving him such a hard time about everything, to be honest, and he's like, okay, I, I like this, I'm, I appreciate it, but uh, yeah, just I mean, and then he, when he realizes that the big thing that he does, he doesn't understand he's doing it. The mistake he makes is he calls. Miss Coble, Miss Coble, instead of Miss Selling, that's what clues her in. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, and just everything he's experiencing, everything he's going through, and then when he finally sees the picture of his wife and he reveals that she's alive, you know, what I think we're going to find, uh, we're going to find Gemma in some room somewhere, I, I think. And yeah. maybe that's going to be what his, any's goal is now is to to keep going down and to try to find a way to free her so that she can come back to his Audi. I, I don't know. Like I said, there's just going to be a lot of interesting things that they're going to, there's a lot of roads that they can take. I'm just not sure which one they're going to take in, in season two. Yeah. It's, it's exciting to just to see where this goes. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be very interested to see where it goes. So, all right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, well, I was going to mention one more thing. I thought this show did a really good job. Of, it had established actors. It had a good mix of established actors like Adam Scott, Jashar Cat, right. Turturro, uh, Walken. And then you had these people that we've seen before, but they right. haven't had these roles like this. Right. And so, and these are all like the, the whole cast, these are established people. They've been in so much stuff, but now mm-hmm. they're really getting an opportunity. So it was, it was a perfect mix of people. Yeah, it really was. I mean, we talked about this when we talked about the after party uh, probably about a month ago, I guess, when we, yeah. when we recorded it. You know, Apple, they they put together A-list cast for the most part. Uh, yeah, and this is, this is an A-list cast with Adam Scott. I mean, his big thing was Parks and Recreation. Uh, so he, he got put back into an office-type television show. But, uh, you know, you bring him in, you bring Christopher Walken, John Turturro. I mean, just an A-list cast. And they don't seem to have any problems spending money to get to get big cast members. And, I mean, Ben Stiller is the director of this thing. I mean, that's... I mean, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, I, I was listening to the Watch podcast, and they had Adam Scott on there. Oh, did they? And, they, and they asked him, like, what did you think when he walked on set and saw Walken and Turturro? And he was like, I was, he said he didn't sleep the night before he was supposed <laughs> to have scenes with them. He was late. He had to apologize to both of them. He was just talking about how it was a nightmare. He was so nervous. Right. Because he said, he said he friended uh, Totoro and he, he felt like he could chat with him about stuff. He said, he's like, I was just so scared of walking. He's like, it's walking. <laughs> it is. I mean, he is, he is, he is a presence to say the least. Yeah. Right, so do we want to do rewards now? Yeah, let's do them. Okay, so our season awards. At the end of a season or at the end of a movie, if we're doing a movie, uh, we give out six awards based on the six characters from the show Friends. 
the first one is the person who stood out the most, the person who was the shining star of the season. Uh, that is our Rachel. So who was your Rachel for the first season of Severance? I picked Adam Scott. Yeah, it, it has to be him because, I mean, yeah. he is the one that everything goes through. Uh, we yeah. learn the most of I mean, We didn't talk that much about Petey, uh, but we learned yeah. uh, so much. Vasquez, really good actor as well. Yeah, and we learned about, a lot about, you know, just kind of the backstory of this whole thing through PD and through Mark's interactions with PD before he ends up uh, dying at the end of, I think episode three, it was, is when yeah. he ended up dying. So, uh, but Adam Scott just does an incredible job uh, with this Mark scout character. We get a, a level, a, a different type of performance from Adam Scott. He's known as a funny guy. Yeah. And this was a much more dramatic performance. I mean, he had some funny moments in this, in the show, but not nearly what we're accustomed to in uh, an Adam Scott performance. Right. You're right about that. He got to show more of the dramatic side of just how much he was hurting and grieving that right. we haven't seen before. We got to see, you know, him and his sister, the the chemistry they had together and the right. comedy, you know, that was similar to what we've seen for him before. Cause he's, he's so good at being sarcastic. Yes, he is. Uh, but uh, man, just, just a great role. And it sounds like Ben Stiller just picked him out. Like he's been telling him about this for several yeah. years he he thought about him for whatever reason and i'm glad he did yeah i, I got that same feeling as well uh our next one is the joey the character who isn't necessarily the star but just one of your favorites uh, somebody you just enjoyed watching who was your your joey for this for this i had to go with two people and it's easy to pick it's john to and christopher walken <laughs> okay, every good. time they are on the screen they're good uh, yeah, they're yeah. Really good. you know i mentioned this earlier john totero doesn't get enough credit he has really been one of the great american actors in the last 30 years right he's just been in so many good stuff and he can do it all too he does he does comedy with the cohen brothers and adam sandler stuff but you know the dramatic stuff he's really good at within this the night of he did a lot of stuff with spike lee back in the day man right. just a great op and i mean what can you say about christopher walken if you're not happy when you see him on the screen <laughs> don't talk to me anymore yeah exactly uh i went with brit lower as helly uh just because uh you know she is the one that's reminding you that these people are actually being put through something they didn't sign up for they didn't necessarily want and apparently they remind you a lot throughout the course of this that most of them have tried to quit they most of them have tried to get out and she is the one who is constantly in this state of terror, in this state of pain, because she doesn't want to be there. She absolutely does not want to be there. And she's being, it's being forced upon her. I mean, it, from the get go, it has made very clear that she hates this. And her Audi, who is an Egan, is just not going to let it happen because she has an agenda that she is trying to prove for her family and for her company. And like I said, so that's one of the reasons why I went with her. All right, uh, the Chandler, the person who was kind of the com comedic relief, I think we'll probably have the same person, but uh, who was your Chandler? I went with uh, Zach Cherry as yeah, Dylan. I did too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's just he's just really funny. Uh, I, I it's such a dry some, humor I, that he has. Yes, he really does. That uh, just uh, really just kind of snark. He was really snarky. At yeah, he was snarky. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Uh, I gave some consideration to Michael Chernus as Rickon because Rickon yeah. was really funny. Rick but, was, he, you know, he just didn't have the same screen time. Yeah, he didn't. But Zach Cherry, man, just anytime you see him, you know something funny is about to happen. Yeah, so we, we're in agreement on that one. So next is the Phoebe, which is the oddball. The person that's kind of hard to figure out is is what our Phoebe is. So who was your Phoebe for the show? I, I bet we have the same person. I went with Camel Tillman as Milchick. I did not go him. Uh, I, this is where I went with... Uh, John Turturro is Irving, uh, just okay, because okay. when you see him as the company man, then when you realize what he is on the outside, that was why I went with with him as my Phoebe. Uh, what? Why did you? I, I know why, but go ahead and explain yeah, why you went with Kind of like we talked about earlier. You know, he's he's nice sometimes. Mm -hmm. He's just really disciplined and just mean. Other, you just never know which mill trick you're going to get when he's showing up. Right. And like I said, so I can definitely see why you went with him. Uh, our Monica is a driving force in the show. Not necessarily your favorite character. It could be somebody you like, somebody you don't like. They just play an important role. Who was your Monica? I went with, this is where I went with Brett Lower as okay. Kelly. 
Okay. Uh, just a fantastic, fantastic performance, breakout performance. You're going to see her in a lot more. She really looked like someone who could lead a, another TV series or a movie. I, I think this is going to be huge for her. Yeah, I actually, this is where I went with Trammell Tillman as Milchick. Uh, I went yeah. with him here because he that enforcer role that he has, I mean, this could just be an office place, but because of the role that he plays in this psychological torture he puts them through when they go to the break room uh what he does to them when he tracks them down whenever they're not where they're supposed to be i mean putting in that those doors so they can't leave their office uh i mean just i think that is what makes this not just an office it's just this place of torment for these people when they're down there i mean does it look that intimidating we even talked about the visuals of this of this office i yeah. mean it's, it's this 70s-esque uh you know all these 70 type vibes from the computers to the furniture to the color scheme uh but when he's there it just i mean like i said he is reminding you that this is not just some idyllic 70s work space it's a place of torture these people because they can do whatever they want to and no one will ever know because nobody can come down there and they can't when they leave, they don't have any memory of it. So, and they all get gift cards if they get hurt or something like that. Uh, so, I mean, like I said, that's the reason I went with him as my Monica. Yeah. And he, uh, now that you mentioned office space, he kind of reminds me of Bill Lumberg by, oh, played yeah. by Gary Cole, who was also the enforcer who yeah, was you're right. like a similar kind of weird vibe to him as well. All right, I think we're probably the same for the Ross, but I could be wrong. Oh, yeah, I think <laughs> who, I think it is. Who's your Ross? Uh, let's Patricia. talk about who the Ross is. The Ross is oh, the yeah. person we like the least. It could be because they're just a bad performance, or it could just be because their character is so awful. So who is your Ross? It's it's Patricia Arquette. Yeah, it is. It's Patricia Arquette as Miss Coble or Miss Selvick, however you want to go yeah. with. I mean, just we haven't really talked enough about the fact that she portrays she moves in next to mark as miss selvig and portrays as this like kindly old woman that's next to him and was trying to like help him and they're yeah. helping each other and just this how horrible you have to be to do that to a person and to insert yourself into their life like that i mean not well, to mention we, what they she does in the office i mean yeah and we find out she walks in his house when he's not there yeah and she's i, I mean, mean it's she's just infiltrates evil. his family yeah mm -hmm. i mean she is the, like i said disney disney cartoon villain she she is right there she really is i mean she absolutely is so uh kudos to her. And like i said this is a she's a ross not because we don't because she's a bad performance it's a ross because she is nailing her performance yes she is absolutely nailing it so, uh, so good for her. All right. Uh, rating. We have a five tier rating system on the main attraction podcast. If it is the best of the best, we love the show. It's one of our favorites. We give it a game of Thrones, uh, just beneath the game of Thrones is a lost, uh, middle of the road for us is a friends, uh, right below friends is a full house. And at the bottom of the barrel, if we didn't like it at all, couldn't find anything redeeming about it, we give it a Baywatch. So what is, the show severance for you on our rating system this is a season one is for sure is a game of thrones yeah it is i mean it's it it, it starts off as a lost for like the first yeah. few episodes for me and probably right about the time episode four when helly hangs herself you realize this show is about to go another level and it does. It completely yep. goes another level, and that's when it becomes a Game of Thrones. They start to really indulge in their weirdness, their eccentricities, all those things, and that's when it becomes Game of Thrones, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you, and I wish Game of Thrones and Lost their series finales had been as good as this. Yeah, I know. Well, hopefully, uh, Lost had some finales that were good. Yeah, they besides, did. Besides the last, but uh, and Game of Thrones too. But mm -hmm. uh, this this one, man, what what an incredible finale! I, 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 we're gonna have to wait to 2023 to get more, and I'm, I'm sad. Yeah, I know it's, it's gonna be sad. <laughs> Just, yeah. but, I, like I said, I, I'm I'm really interested where they go with this because I, I honestly don't know. I, I don't know yeah. what direction they're gonna take with it. But I'm yeah, gonna, we've. We've watched some really great stuff mm -hmm. through this podcast, and this is at, at the top of the list. Yeah, it's it's towards the top if it's not at the top. So yeah, and I was going to mention. Let me shout out Blake Thompson, 
and uh, Brandon Wedgeworth, yes. Wedgeworth, who would constantly, uh, and, uh, I mean, we were tweeting us about what was going on with this. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that. And yeah, kept, I wasn't even watching, but I was reading their tweets, and it was interesting to me. So really appreciate Brandon and, and Blake for both keeping us updated of what they thought was going on and everything. Yeah, those two kind of solidified uh, me us doing this episode on because we uh, just a little behind the scenes stuff ryan and i talked about doing this show but we weren't really 100 percent certain you know are, is anybody watching the show as you know we, we really didn't know just because apple tv plus still it's still a bit of an unknown at this point i mean i still don't know a ton of people so uh brandon and uh blake they were kind of the ones that kind of solidified for us because i i had tweeted about it and I think it was Brandon that reached out to me and said, uh, I thought about watching this. And I wasn't really sure. And I told him, I said, I've loved it. And uh, that he, he said he watched a few episodes. And he was instantly hooked. I think Blake was the same way. I'm not sure. Yeah. I can't remember exactly. But yeah. So like they kind of confirmed to us that there is at least enough of a reason for us to, to do an episode on this show. So that, like I said, so shout out to you guys, uh, because we may not have done one that we may have said, eh, we'll just skip it because nobody's watching yeah. it. But yeah, uh, I, want, I wanted to give them a shout out. And if this one gets good numbers, I, I would be interested in doing this weekly. Yeah, because it, it, it's it, it was a great show, uh, you know. I love watching it week to week and, you know, just every, those first couple episodes, I wasn't just dying to get back to it. Mm-hmm. But like I said, once we got to around episode four, I was like, okay, I want to get back to this. Every time, every Friday, I was like, all right, I got, I got to watch it. So man, if, if yellow jackets, this succession, all these start coming out at the same, same time, time we, we, may, we may have some three episodes. I know. We'll, we'll have to see what their release schedule yeah. is. Hopefully they don't do that. They don't do that to us. So spread them out a little bit. All right, uh, so in our midweek episode, we always do things that we're looking forward to. Do you have anything you've got for us this week? I actually do. I have three quick ones. Oh, good. So the first one, I was, and I meant to bring this up last week, and I forgot during the Coda episode, but uh, was that when we had some uh, recording issues? Maybe. Okay, so anyway, I was looking up what Amelia Jones from Coda is going to do next. So she is in a movie called Cat Person. And it is a story, uh, it says a suspense thriller about a young person who works at the movies who starts dating a older man that uh, comes to the movies a lot. And that older man is played by no other than Cousin Greg, Nicholas Braun. Really? Yeah. And I don't know when this movie's coming out there. It looks like they have finished filming it. So I'm all in on Cat Person, whatever that comes up. And he says a suspense thriller? Yeah, that's what it says. So, uh, sounds like Nicholas Braun's gonna be the bad guy. Uh, that's what it sounds like. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. so I'm, I'm, it's a very popular book too. So I, okay, yeah. Uh, the other one, uh, I don't know when I'm gonna be able to see this. Uh, it probably won't be this weekend, but at some point, I have to go see the unbearable weight of massive talent starring Nicholas Cage. Oh it just yeah, looks incredible. Yeah, I've got uh, with me uh, taking my kids and stuff to movies a lot more. I've got to get real picky because it gets expensive. Yeah. Uh, so that's one I want to see. I'll get the one that I want to see a little bit later as well. But yeah, I do want to yeah, see that. that one. Looks and this and the third one, uh, man. This movie came out this past weekend, and everyone I've seen tweet about it was like, "This is a movie you have to see in the theater." And I can't believe how good it, it is. It's Michael Bay's Ambulance. Oh, really? Jake Gyllenhaal. They said that it's like, it's the craziest action scenes I've ever seen. And just, <laughs> well, that's interesting. This is really fun and it's really loud and just the stunts are crazy. They said, you got to see it in the theater. Really? So, interesting. Yeah, it came, it came out this past weekend. So hopefully I can catch in the theater for it, before it goes. Uh, I've heard like, almost nothing about it. So that's, that's interesting. Too. Yeah. Uh, the Ringer had a couple of podcasts about it, but I saw several people tweeting about it. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I might, I might have to might have to check it out eventually. Uh, Michael Bay is always fun, anyway. Yeah, see, I'm just not a huge Michael Bay fan. Uh, I mean, like I said, I mean, I don't know. The, I, I, I get, I grow tired of it. I, I, the he lost me when it came to the Transformers. I really want those movies. To be well, okay, besides those movies, yeah, 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 and I've just, I just haven't really been able to get back in touch with them. So I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'll have to. I might have to check that one out. Uh, my things I'm looking forward to. Uh, I don't know when I want to get to see it. I'll probably have to wait till it comes out on streaming. But uh, the, this movie I've heard a lot about, everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks really good. Like I said, I have to get a little bit pickier just because I'm taking my kids to the movies a lot. Uh, so this one I probably have to wait till it comes out on streaming. Um, 
but I really do want to see it. I'm hoping I can get it, work it in at some point because it looks absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it's uh, got like a hundred percent rating. Michelle Yeoh, right? Yeah, it's down to ninety-seven percent, but you know, ninety-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes is pretty dang good. Yeah. Uh, so I really want to see it. I, I, I'm hoping I can, like I said, I can work it in at some point. But because uh, it looks really, really good, and I've heard yeah, a lot of is. really good things about it. So mm-hmm. uh, the other one is actually what we're going to start covering next week. So. Uh, Guys, if you have HBO Max, go ahead and start watching it now. It, they have already released the first three episodes. When you listen to this, in all likelihood, the next two episodes will be out as well. Uh, but Tokyo Vice, uh, we are going to cover it. It is done by Michael Mann, uh, who did Miami Vice, uh, who did what else has he done? Heat. Heat. Thank you. Yes, Heat. He did Heat. Uh, so, and there are, have you watched any of it yet? I have not. I watched one episode. Uh, I haven't watched the other three, the other two yet. Uh, but the first one is good. It's got one of my. It's got an actor from one of my favorite movies. Uh, I can't remember the kid's name, but he was in Baby Ansel Driver. Elder. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Baby Driver, fantastic movie. Yes, an absolute wonderful movie. Uh, he is really good in this, at least in the one episode that I've seen. Uh, it's got those same look. I. I don't remember my advice. I think I was like four or five years old when when that show was out. Uh, But from what I understand, it has a lot of the same vibes that Miami Vice did. Obviously, this is a newspaper reporter, not a cop, but he works with the cops in uh, in the show. Uh, Very, very loosely based on a true story from what I understand. But we are going to be covering it from week to week until it goes out, along with Moon Knight. So uh, we kind of have our recording schedule set. So from here until uh, the season finale which i think is let's see today is the 11th as we're recording uh the 28th i think is when the finale of this show will take place so we'll be we'll be covering it week to week doesn't it also involve the japanese gang is it the yakuza yakuza or yakuza i can't how to pronounce it anything that they're involved with it's always interesting because it's a very interesting gang yeah, so like I said, it, go ahead and start watching it, guys. If, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to follow along with what we do, it, it's going to be a good show. It really is. Uh, currently, let me look and see where it is on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's 83%, so uh, it's really hot. If you're wondering where Severance was, it was at 98%. So it, wow. you know, it, it's we're, we're, we're watching some good stuff right now. So uh, <laughs> it's one of the great things about doing this podcast. We're getting to watch some really good stuff. We need to watch something bad, though, here soon so we can stop, like, slobbering over <laughs> Yeah, and every time I hear heat, I just want to do the Albacino. She's got a break. <laughs> I'll <just> stop there. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a good place to stop. So. All right. Uh, anything else you want to add before we head off into the sunset? Appreciate everybody joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. I will echo those same sentiments. And until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.